thank you for your grace, your mercy. We thank you, Father, for the opportunity to come in the house of the Lord, Father, to be under the sound of the voice of God once again. Father, Lord Jesus Christ, we want to lay our lives at your feet, O oh God. We want to hear from you this evening, Father. We come to meet, to have fellowship one with another, but more important, Father, to have fellowship with you, Father, to meet you, to have, Father, a conference with you, Father. Lord, you are the one who holds our future. The one, Father, Lord, you knew our past. You knew, Father, even when we came from. And, Father, you know even our future as well, oh, Father. Lord, how we put our trust in you. Because you live, we can face tomorrow, Father. All fear is gone. Love of God removes every fear. Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy, oh, Father. Here we are, Lord. We ask forgiveness for anything we have done, have said, Lord. May the blood of Jesus Christ wash us and cleanse us. It was expressed through the song, Father, the blood of Jesus Christ will never lose its power. Lord, we invite you, Lord, even this evening that you come and wash and cleanse us, Lord. You have promised that there will be a perfect bride, and we are perfect through you, Lord, because the Lamb of God is perfect. Lord, we give you the glory and the honor. May you, Father, Lord, put the speaker aside, even the hearers aside, the natural part aside. Let the Holy Spirit speak, Father. Go beyond the words of a man, and let the words of God, O oh Lord, penetrate inside of our heart and our soul. Father, if there is any need among us, Father, there are many needs. May you, Father, come and meet every need, Father. The Word of God, come and cast every doubt, every fear, anything that is negative. Let the faith of God that is positive come, Father, and have the full impact. Lord, we want to be obedient and humble ourselves at your feet. Whatever you have in store for us, Father, may you speak to our heart. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Good to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The good atmosphere has been housed and singing. Brother John, bless you and the musicians and all of you. Put your leak of fire to create the atmosphere. Thank God for that. Thank God for the services on Sunday and other services that we have been listening. And God is faithful. There's always something to help us have a closer walk with Him. Amen. Just need to, that whatever we hear, just not be hearers, but doers and God make that a reality more and more Father that's what we desire greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ once again those who are here and those who are streaming I invite you to go to the word of God look for and I'll let you sit Luke chapter 4 24 The word of God says, he said, Jesus Christ speaking, 
Verily, verily, I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you of, of a truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when a great famine was throughout all the land. But unto none of them was Elias sent, save unto Sarepta, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. May God bless his word and have a seat. Just uh, ask you to maybe forgive me this evening. I'll I'll, I'll speak a little bit on a on a soft side to not be maybe a message to jump or something, but it's just something that's been in my heart and uh, spoke to me and and I put a title to it myself, like uh, addressing to me so that it doesn't look like I'm addressing to any person else. And I want to say, help me, Lord, help me. Help me discern your needs. Help me discern your needs. I just feel like we are living in a time where everything is about uh, ourselves. Everything is about our own being, our own interest, and our own way, and our way we live, and our own needs. And everything seems to be focused only how how you how yourself feel, how yourself you see. Things go on your advantage and things like that. That's the kind of society in which we are living, and everything seems to strive in that direction. It has to be about I, myself, and, and me. Everything has to be surrounding around myself. It is selfish spirit in which we are living in. And if we don't pay attention, it will become just about myself, just about me, about how I feel, about how my family feels, and how my work and everything is about ourselves. But God is asking, I believe God is also asking, do you pay attention to my needs, to God's needs? Do you pay attention to God's needs? What do you do to meet God's needs? I believe that the heroes of faith in the Old Testament were the people who came and responded to a special time where God needed someone or God needed something to be done. And there was someone who could come and meet the need that God had for that stage and for that period. And I believe the same challenge, if there, there was the type, we are the anti-type in this age. And we have to be those also who are responding to a need when that need is erased. Amen? Amen. God is raising men and women to prove to the devil in this last age that there will be an invincible army. There will be a bride that will be an invincible army. If Eve fell in the perfect Eden, in the perfect Eden, Eve fell... God is, trying to, God is proving to Satan that in this age there will be an Eve who will not fall. In this fallen Eden there will be an Eve that will be a victorious Eve. To be the one that is not going to succumb or to fail, she will be the one who will stand with the word of God. God is going to prove to Satan that there will be someone who will prove that he can stand with the word of God. And I want to be one of them. And God desires each and every one of us to be one of them. And because there is already a promise, there will be one who will stand for that promise and will also prove to the enemy that God's words cannot be failed. God's words can never be defeated. Amen. 
My story, as we read from the beginning, the story is based on that woman of Sarepta. She went, she went, the woman went through a lot. The woman went through many things, and Brother Banam describes her, and we know the story of the Bible. She's a woman whose husband was loyal, whose husband was a, was a, was a, was a believer, was a trusted in God, but he was, who died in the middle of a war, the prophet think, put it in, middle, her life in the middle of war, and she stayed herself, and, and she, she, she's one taking care of the little child, and she was going through many things, and she was struggling through many different things. Really a situation we can see, or really a, a sad story, if we can put it that way. But God was not looking at that as a sad story. It was a blessing in disguise, man. There was something God was working out. God was trying, was proving something, even today we can be talking about her, because God had a better plan than how maybe she could have thought of. But she felt and she stayed faithful all the way, even at the last time, at the worst time, at the worst time of crisis, she stayed faithful with God. Amen. Prophet will put this way, it says sometimes that how it looks, sometimes looks like the things that we are going through looks, might look like a negative things, but pay attention sometimes and most of the time it's a blessing in disguise, man. If we could only have that discernment to understand that it's a blessing in disguise, man, our attitude will be different. The prophet will put this in the message I know, he says, why do we come to these troubles? What makes these things come? Why should a Christian ever be perplexed? Why would not everything just run perfect for a Christian? Why doesn't, and we know it, but it doesn't, and we know it, and, and sometimes we have more troubles when we become a Christian than we did when we were sinners. Of course, it is written, it says, of course, it is written, many is the affliction of the righteous, but God delivered him from them all. I like that thing, it's from them all, not from some of them, but from them all. So what is the most important thing is to have the right attitude in the midst of those troubles. God promised many afflictions, strange feelings, and strange things that will be beyond our understanding. But it's always done for our good. Not sometimes for our good, but all the time it's always for our good. Oh, I love that. We just can't understand it. Because if we did, then it will not be a faith to us. If we had to understand anything, if we have too much, you know, I know the program. I know it will go this way, it will go this way, it will go this way. And no surprise, and everything works perfect. There won't be any faith. But God is challenging us in order to move a little bit higher, to have faith in God's word, to trust in him in the midst of trials. When we don't understand, we keep trusting in him. I trust it for someone this evening. It says, we will, we, will, we will go with an understanding, but we do it, and we have it, and we believe by faith his word, and that's going to work some good things for us. If we could grasp that today on this morning or this evening for us, we could grasp that all of our troubles, there is none of us immune from them. Troubles will go through, different things will go through, but God makes everything right. I'm skipping some things here on the same message. It says, in all these things, Satan tries to make us nervous. As we are going through these things that God sometimes knows that we go through and plans that we go through, Satan on the other side tries to make us nervous and upset us to get us to think, oh, why did this happen? 
why couldn't I have why couldn't I have been like this? Why this and why this? And question that's where the problem is. I believe message believers and sometimes Christians in general, sometimes we think that God owes us something. I got this quote and it was shared with me and it was just in the same thought and I felt it was good for me. And I think that God, thank you for that. He says, the word of God says, he says, but this is friend, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today and forever. Be humble, let yourself be the lowest of all. Don't ever exalt yourself. If you do, you are going to become abased. Humble yourself and God will lift you up. Don't figure that God owes you anything. Remember, you owe him all. He doesn't owe us anything, but we owe him all. And we are not under obligation. We are not under obligation. Oh, God is not, prophet, rectify. God is not under obligation to us. We are under obligation to God. And love him with all your heart. Believe on him and God will bless you, I'm sure. Sometimes the prophet came to the point where he thought that God owed him an explanation. We know the story where he prayed for a girl, for a woman, and then she was healed. And then after she was healed, and then God took her after. And then God was, and the prophet was wondering, how is that possible? God, you owe me an explanation. This shouldn't happen. You showed me that she, she will be healed. How could it happen that you take her? This shouldn't happen. And this, you owe me an explanation. God surely proved to the prophet that I don't owe you any, any explanation. I'm sovereign. I do whatever I want to do. But I have a greater plan and it was for good. I should have taken her earlier, but I let her leave. And now she has given her life to God. I can take her back. I have not lost her. She's still there and she'll live eternally. But if at that time she had been lost, then she would have been lost eternally. God's plans are always perfect. I believe, and we all have permission, that Job missed Job, although he was stayed faithful, but sometimes when he's speaking, it looks like he's demanding to God an explanation of how righteous he was. But why God, why he's going through the things that he's going through, even though how righteous he was. That's why God, at the end, he will ask him, Gird up now thy loins like a man and speak. Let us have a reasoning. Let's speak together. Let's reason together. Where were you when I created all these things? When the stars were shouting with Job? Where were you, Job? You don't know the plan I was have, Job. You don't know that I was the one. I had a need to express to Satan that I have someone faithful on earth. And I trusted you, and I know that even though you went through the things, even the things you went through, I know that God, what I've put inside of you, will stand all the trials. God, help us to discern your needs. Prophet insists again, God does not owe us anything. If you can get what I'm talking about now, there is a way to approach is simplicity. Don't never think you're better than somebody. Don't think God owes it to you. You owe it to God. Come humble. Nothing, Lord, I have nothing. I come humbly. 
down there in Mexico, when them Spanish would come, them Catholic, as soon as they would see them things happen, just comparing, they wouldn't want to be prayed for. They wouldn't want to be prayed for. If they could have get near, just pass by. That's all they wanted to do. And I'd never seen one turn down yet. Humble. Because we've got so much education. We know all about it and all the details. And we know too much about it. But here, and he continues now. Another thing he's saying, the attitude makes a difference when you come to God. Look at the attitude of Martha. She could have used an excuse to rebuke the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I've been faithful to you. I've been in a message for time. I've taken care of you. I've done these things. I've done these things. I've done these things. But why, when I called you, you didn't come? Why, when I needed you the most, you didn't come? She didn't know, maybe. She could have, she could have said, if she would have said that thing, it would have been, would have been probably a different, a, diff, a, different, a different result. But even in that case, as a God, as Jesus Christ had and he knew what would happen, Jesus Christ didn't come and respond right away. He went further and further and further and further, knowing what the Father is going to do. He already had a discernment of the need of the Father to show his glory in this situation. That's why he didn't turn and come right away at that time. But he knew that there would be a greater resurrection, a greater miracle than if he had come and healed him right away. Maybe. I don't see a greater need yet, but I come to worship you. You are still my Lord. With that approach, God showed how great the miracle will be. That's why in Luke 17, 9, 10, he says that he thanked that, that do you, or does he thank that servant because he did the thing that were commanded him, I throw not. Well, I don't think so. So likewise, ye, when you shall have done all these things which are commanded you, say, we are unprofitable servant, we have done which was our duty to do. I'm saying those things so that I believe, or myself maybe, sometimes we miss many things because of our approach, of how we think, or how we evaluate things. Yes, we are son of God. Yes, we are daughter of God. But there is approach to God. There is a certain approach even to express our needs to God. Let your will be done, not my own will. Lord, I believe in even this situation, you have the one who have the greater, you have the answer for that situation. Lord, you are in control of that situation. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I know you have already answered to my prayer. Lord, I know you are faithful. Lord, you promise you shall never forsake us and leave us. Lord, I know that your word will never fail. Then God will come and come and, and, and manifest his own promises. But it's not because, Lord, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, I've paid my tithes, I've done this, I've done this, I've been a Christian for 20 years, years I've done this, I've, uh, I've done missionary work. That's not the right approach. It might sound, it might sound simple, but sometimes in our mind, very easily we can switch it off and think, oh, that may, maybe this shouldn't happen. That's so unfair. It's not unfair. God knows every situation. Amen. 
We do what we do because of love. Love constrains us to do these things. It's a duty of love to constrain us. It's our duty to follow love. The prophet calls himself the unprofitable servant. Don't always expect to be congratulated because you are praying, because you are coming to church, because you are doing things, because you are singing. (laughs) We do that. I know we do that. I like to be thanks for those things. We are human beings. But it's not, it's not the main purpose. We do those things because we are Christians. Christians come to church. Christians pray. Christians read the Bible. Christians listen to the message. A Christian obeys the word of God. A Christian submits himself to the word of God. It's our duty to do those things because of love for him. We don't do those things because we expect something back from him. We do those things because we love him. The prophet loved God so much to the point that he could say, even if he sends me in hell, if there is something called still love over there, I will still love him. Because that's what he wants the best for me. Oh, may God give us the attitude to know his needs more than our own needs. Prophet says again, most time when people are religious, they think God owes them something. I've seen people who've lived in a church a straight life, comes to the platform and fail to be healed when a prostitute off the street will come humbly and bow in the presence of God and reckon herself to be a prostitute and ask forgiveness and be healed of sarcoma's cancer. Where a Christian walk across with merely a little headache and fail to get it. God doesn't judge you or heal you by your church affiliation. It's according to your faith you are healed. And many times if there was anybody that should be equipped to have faith is a scholar of the Bible, someone who has read the Bible, taught the Bible. That should be the person that has faith. But sometimes it's very contrary. I've seen on the platform sending people who live a good life, walk before God, walk across the platform and not be healed and approach you, follow them and be healed. God doesn't heal you upon the merit of your salvation. He heals you upon the merit of your faith. You must believe him because the Christian sometimes thinks that God owes it to them. That's not that a good, that, that I'm a good person, I've done so and so. But when you get that in your mind, you will never get anything from God till you get it out of your mind. You owe God, not God owing you. God help us to discern your need in every situation. So this woman came, the Sarepta came to a crucial moment where God remained silent even though she had met all the requirements. She met all the requirements. She was faithful, but things seemed, seemed like God remained silent. I like that song that says, even when he remained silent, he's still working. Even when you don't feel it, he's still working. He's still in control when you don't see anything. God behind the scene is still working on a greater need in order to show, to prove that he's still God. Yeah. But in all those things, in all the distresses, remember other things. Distresses, none of these stresses can destroy a believer, a true believer, until God's purposes is fulfilled. Satan could not, no matter what he put in life of Daniel, even they put in, they put in, in that den of lions, his life couldn't be destroyed until God's purpose was fulfilled. 
You know, they could put Paul in all this different situation. His life couldn't be taken off until his purpose was fulfilled. Peter, they put him in jail and they put in a sentence, a death sentence upon him. But his life couldn't be taken out of him until God's purpose was fulfilled. Job, no matter the situation he went through, his life couldn't be taken out of him until God's purpose was fulfilled. So fear not, little bride. He knows and he's in control of every situation. Prophet says, neither can he take you or can he take me until the purpose of God of our life is finished. So we gather from their consolation. Why does God let troubles come? God harnesses trouble, puts beats in its mouth, and makes it obey him. And those troubles bring us into a closer fellowship with God. Oh, the word harness means to control, to make use of something in order to produce something. In a mechanic, to produce some energy. God is, is, is making all these things, putting all these things together in order to produce a closer fellowship with God. Once you are going through it, it's hard. But may God give us the discernment for what he's doing. At the Red Sea, Israel trembled. If you look at the story of Israel in the first Exodus, most of those things is actually God who, if I say this, kind of provoked it to be that way, for lack of better words. It provoked it to be that way. Pharaoh could let you go. The first miracle that I put there, he can let you go. Actually, well, what he saw a little bit could be, oh, that this is a miracle. Even though it could be an imitation, he could have let them go. But God says, I will harden his heart. Right. I will harden his heart in order to produce something. I have a great purpose to show who God is, who I am, and to show my glory. Sometimes God can harden things. He can harden the heart of your boss. He can harden the heart of your children. He can harden the heart of here and there, brothers and sisters, in order to produce something. Don't dare be there alone. God, help me to discern what you are doing in the midst of these things that I'm going through in order to be a true and solid Christian. At the Red Sea, God told them, don't be alarmed, don't be depressed. What you are seeing, just stand still and you shall see the salvation of the Lord. It's me who had on the heart of Pharaoh and the enemy that you see here, you won't see him anymore if you stand still and just trust in me. Prophet says, in those crucial hours, the message I know, in those crucial hours that press us onto those sacred sands, it was in the Bible, and remember, no matter how great the distress is, Satan cannot take your life until God has finished with you. There is nothing can happen to you until God permits it. There's no evil can come unless God permits it. And it's for you, for your good, he's working that. Let's think. Then when the floods came to destroy the world, it could not destroy Noah. Noah could not be destroyed because God had a work for him to do. Sure, another place, sure, God knows what he's doing. God knows. He puts us on the ash heap in order to show us his glory. 
Look at the story, end of quote. Look at the story of this widow that you are looking. What she needed was the meal. And she just needed a meal. And the meal is Christ. And she's going through trial and she came to the point, you know the story. But just to emphasize, I'm taking as a background. She came to the point where there is, all, there is only a portion that was left. She knew that if I take that meal and if I take that oil, it will be the end for me and my son. She knew it. But she knew that also that if I just have to go and put those things together, something good will happen. You know what we need in our daily walk is Christ, is the Holy Ghost. Christ and the Holy Ghost. That's what we need to do in our daily walk, Christ in the Holy Ghost. Remember, it reminds me of the story, you know, the story of the widow, or the story of the prostitute in John 4. Jesus Christ told her, the Father is seeking for those who worship in truth and spirit and in truth. You need the word and you need the spirit. You need both these things in order to be mixed. That's what will give you strength. Meal is Christ. That's what we need also in our daily walk. That woman, as she's going there, she came to the point and she was looking for the two sticks. The prophet said, those sticks, two sticks represent the cross. Like these two sticks and the word and the spirit has brought the self-sacrifice on the cross. Ready for duty, ready for life. Putting the word and the spirit, that's her faith in the word of God by the Holy Ghost. Leading herself to sacrifice anything else to the cross. That's why the message comes, is to sacrifice or to remove our own thought, to die to ourselves, to remove our own thinking. Sometimes, let me tell you, sometimes, sometimes I say I become also a victim of that. I'm not I'm pointing to anybody. But sometimes you can hear things. You want to make things align with your own thinking. You have already a premeditated thinking, and you want to hear the things to go just in your premeditated thinking. That's not what the message comes. The message comes to remove our premeditated thinking so that we can have the mind of Christ. God, give us your mind, not our own mind, your mind. The way you see, the way you think. If I have to humble myself, to die to myself, that's what I need in order to produce a better result. That's what Jesus Christ says. If a man will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. Whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. But in other words, what, you, know, you, know that you have to lose your own life. You have to lose your own pride, your own, your own merit, your own things, and let Christ have the full preeminence. Then he asked her, that woman, Elijah asked her, he asked her, you know, give me, give me a cake in this time of, of famine. In this time on the thing that you are hoping to be the last thing that you can have, that's the thing I want you to give me. Just think yourself to put yourself in that situation. But this is what this is what I'm relying on. I can't give it to you, Lord. This is my all. This is uh, no, this is too much for me. This is this is this is my son. This is for my son. Said, so just give it that to me. I know what I'm going to do. Just give it that to me. But she persevered, knowing I just trust in my Lord. The prophet says, our last hope of the life of a child, the last hope that they had, 
the bread will be gone, the oil gone, everything will be gone now. She looked back and she wondered and said, I just have a little bit of meal left in a barrel. I've got just enough oil that I've, I've, uh, that I've, that, uh, that I've dampened it and I've already dressed it up. Oh, I've mixed it. I've got the word and the spirit mixed together in there. I've got a cross here to lay it upon to make it into a cake to give life. That's, where, that's when the spirit and the word gets together on the cross and makes life for love for you. That's right. I've got it. I've got it together and I'm going it now to bake it and give my little dying boy in there. It, it, that cried all night for something to eat. I've got it there. It says, I'll take him up in my arms and we'll both wait for death. And he said, but you make me a little one first. Isn't that strange that a man will ask a widow woman dying for the last bit of meal she had in the house? With a dying child, God does things so strange. Make me a little one first. Oh, Lord, what is your need today? What do you want me to do for you today? In this time of crisis, in this time where so many attention is given to our own needs, what is your need, Lord? Don't let me overlook your need. Is it a greater, is it, is it a greater consecration you desire from me? Is it, is it a better dedication you desire from me? Is it a missionary work? Is it something you want me to do or to praise you freely? You, everything that you need, Lord, let me discern your need and do it with all my heart, Lord. Because anything placed before God is an idol. Your work can be an idol. Your school can be an idol. Your wife can be an idol. Your husband can be an idol. Your children can be an idol. Any excuse you put before God can be an idol. Lord, I don't want to put anything before you, you and me. I want you to be, have the first position in my life. Oh, God, help us. Her need. Then he comes to the point, to the prophet. She turned and he said, I will do it. That was the greater consolation of any believer ever listed was, that saved the Lord. Then the word she was waiting, that's the word she was waiting for. That saved the Lord, the barrel will not go empty, neither will the cruise go dry until the day that God sends rain on the earth. What do we get there? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All other things will be added. How do I know, Brother Barnum? How do I know? The only thing I know, put God first and move on. I don't know anything. I don't know how he's going to put the barrel back. But everything that God is asking me is put him first and move on. Mix the oil. The word and the spirit together. Lay yourself upon the cross and say, here I am, Lord. Put God first in everything. Thus save the Lord, the cruise will not run dry. Neither will the barrel go empty until the day that the Lord God sends rain upon the earth. Oh, and she knew that that was the prophet of God speaking to her. How her heart must have jumped. She ran and made that little cake and brought it to him with the water trembling hands over to the whole sunken cheek. She knew that God had come to the rescue of a little piece of bread. Just take that one little promise of God, the prophet says. 
Just let's take that little promise of God. It might look, look to you, small to you, is me saying. It might look small to you, but just hold on to that little promise of God. Now the prophet continues. Get everything right out of the way. Watch what takes place. Get that heart and belief away from it. Just take that little belief that you've got and lay it under the cross of Calvary. You know, if I can put it this way, she had a need. But her need was fulfilled in God's need being fulfilled. God had a greater need, but as she supplied to God's need without any selfish motives, God fulfilled her need. Sometimes our needs are fulfilled in God's need. Sometimes we want to handle things on our own situation. We fail so many times. But when you commit it to God, then our needs are met under God's need. God, I just want to praise you and glorify you even though I can't see any healing. I start praising you already. Father, as I'm doing this and praising you, you under the background, you are doing the work and my need will be fulfilled in your need. The provision to our need was including to provision to God's need. His need, you provide to his needs unselfishly he will provide to your need. This woman gave what she could say was the last string of her life. And you see that in the Bible many times. You think that you don't have anything to give God. Just give what you have. I don't have anything to give to him. Oh, but just give your life. Give him your time. Give him your love. Give him your heart. Give him everything that you have. It might be a slingshot in your hand. Just give him to him. A little prayer in the morning. A little prayer to praise the Lord. God, give that to the Lord. And God is going to use it to glorify your name. His name. The little fish and loaf of of bread for that little boy didn't mean anything in his hand. But once she committed to God, oh, praise be to God. God multiplied it many times for so many people in order to respond for the need for that time. You might not know what you can specifically give him, but it might be your talent. It might be your time. Above all, he needs your heart. If God wants you to be a dormant, be happy to be a dormant. No matter how simple, from a jawbone to a dry stick, whatever is in your hand, just show it to him. Whatever lays before us, just do it. God wants a pencil. God wants a man with a pencil with an eraser. You will make mistakes. You will make mistakes in many things. But as long as your objective and motives are right and you commit it to God, God will make it turn right for his glory. As we heard on Sunday... Abraham had many mistakes. He made a lot of mistakes, but God shows him. God shows him, and in the crucial moment, he responded to God's need beyond his own needs. Brother Ed read that Genesis 22, 2 says, Take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thy lovest, and get thee unto the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. God had a greater need 
to show the type of Calvary, to show that this Jehovah Jireh, to show that even today, in the time of trial, we can turn to, we can just look to Him. God, you are still the provider. In a time where there's so we don't see how we'll come out of it, you are still the provider. God has a greater need. And Abraham just obeyed to that need. God, I'm going to give to you the, the cherry, the most thing, the most beautiful thing I have. I'm going to give it back to you. And the Bible says in 15, And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sown, said the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, in other words, because thou hast done these things, has not withheld thy son, thy only son, because you have not withheld thy only son, but you have responded to my need, because you have denied yourself, that in blessing I will bless thee, in multiplying I will multiply thy need, I see it, as the stars of the heaven, as the sand which is upon the seashore, and I see it shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. Amen. Because you took my need above your need, your need is fulfilled in my need. I will bless you even more than one son. I will give you many seeds. Oh, glory be to God. Amen. The test of the character, I'll just take a few examples to put the point here. The test, the test of the character that Eliezer gave the woman who will be the wife of Isaac was to find a woman who will be willing to give him water and also water to the camels. Amen. Certainly herself, if you read the Bible, she came for that water. She came, she had a need, she came for that water. But the the, the, the prophet, the type of the prophet who's there, is asking her, for that need, come and respond to my need first. Respond to the need of the word of God first. Respond, give God first, the first place. And then, even beyond that, he didn't tell her that you have to give water to the camels. It was the part that she had to discern that the camels need also to have water. God, yes, the prophet can say, you know, you have to read just one chapter of the Bible every day. That's, that, that's a need. Actually, it's a need for yourself too. But God, help me to discern more than just what you are saying there. Give me to discern what you want. My attitude as, as I'm reading it's not only to read as a, as, as a reading or I'm fulfilling, I'm fulfilling your law, but let me to discern what is your need. Let me to get into that. Let me just that not be for my own need, but for the need of others. As I'm praying, as I'm, as, as I'm getting into it, Lord, let me put also your needs before my needs. That's what we want. If Rebecca only noticed that she had already filled her own water, I like the way the prophet says, look, the very camel she watered was the camel that packed her to her bridegroom and all of her success. 
The very camera, the very power of that beast in the Bible represents power. The very power that we give water and praise to, amen, water, life, praise to. The word is the very thing that packs up into the glory land to meet the bridegroom. Yes, sir. The question answers. If Rebecca only cared, this is my note, if Rebecca only cared for the water, for her own needs, she would have not mounted to her bridegroom and her success. Eliezer of the last time is looking, or the word of last time is looking not only to our own needs, but to what God wants for his own need. Oh, praise be to God. Do you love the word? The prophet says, as I'm, I'm putting this, just, just to walk in the building and feel the spirit of the meeting seems to be right. At the very first to begin, I like that. And now, it goes to show you fine ministers here that have been teaching you with prayer meetings. That's what makes the meetings is, is people who are praying now. Now, a minister cannot bring a revival himself. It takes God to send a revival, and it takes people, his people, who are willing to congregate themselves together and pray. Then he said, I will hear from heaven if the people that are called by my name shall assemble themselves together and pray. Then I will hear from heaven. He will heal them, and we know his promise is true. The success of the Brother Banner meetings was the people who were praying for those meetings. You might say, God, I don't have anything to give you. But your, your time, oh God, I just want to give a little bit of time for prayer for you. Just want to supply to your needs. Just want to be in the channel where I can discern your needs. My brother, this example may be used many times, but it, it's actually very important because that's what is needed in our time. We need one another. We, can, we are living in a time of treacherous time, and we need exactly one another. In this battle that we are in, let me tell you, we are one body. We need one another to pray one another. Whatever God puts in your heart in order to fulfill a certain need, just say, God, I don't want to do it for my own interest or to exalt myself. But if it is your need, let me come into the channel and discern your need in the time we are living in. Remember the story of that woman was there. She had something in her heart. She felt like praying for that baby. She didn't know. If I, maybe if I pray, she will think that maybe I'm too spiritual. She had different things going in her mind. And the devil is a champion for those things, right? Or if I do this, you know, the thing that I'm this. And, and he's trying to hinder you. He's trying to hinder you. But if it's a nod from God in order to do that, God, I don't want to do it on my own. But I just want to help me to discern your needs in the time when it's needed. And then God revealed to her that she had to pray. And she wanted to pray for that baby. Let me, let me say, maybe the mother saw didn't see any difference on that baby. And many times you read in the message, you don't see any difference on the people. Because if people were healed right away, they wouldn't come to the prayer line. But at that time, the prophet will come and also discern. At that time when she prayed for you, the baby was already healed. Sometimes you'll be in the message and looking at someone. As I was listening to a message there, I think Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, forever. In 161, he says, Sister, I saw you when I was preaching. You were nodding your head. Let me tell you, and accepting the word of God. At that time, you were already healed. But she, maybe she didn't feel the change in her life. But at that time, she felt the need to support the ministry. And God already healed her that time. Help us to discern your need. 
Because it's like, it says, if you're a Christian, you long to go where other Christians are and fellowship with other Christians. You cannot stay away from the church and live the same life. That's not the purpose of message. I don't want to say God, but I want to put a point here. It says, you don't do it because it's like I'm hungry. I'll never go to a table. I'll never eat. You're not going to do it. See, you've got to go and feed on the word of God and fellowship one with another. We need one another more than we ever did need each other. He's now. When you get yourself singled out from the rest of them, making yourself just a little different, you don't want to associate with them because they believe this and don't want to associate with that. You're getting on dangerous ground. On dangerous ground, right then, keeping away from church. Find the one of your choice and remain there and be a Christian brother to all of them. That's the way to be a Christian. Hallelujah. Reb kept the spies. She responded to the need at that time. Even though in the situation she was in, a woman of a, of a, of a, of a, of a life that's so low, but because of the need that was required for that time, and she had a discernment of the need for that time, God rewarded her by giving her the desire of her heart, and she became the wife of Solomon. Mary and Martha and Lazarus, once Jesus left the house, trouble setting. But when he came and restored, as I said at the beginning, when they had the right attitude and said, Lord, even now you are still the same Lord. Even now, whatever you ask can be fulfilled. God responded to their need. One time the Jews were in need, I would say. God wanted his need to, be to defend the Jews whether at the time of Esther. But Esther spoke to, to, to and, and then you know the story, Mordecai came to him and told him, you know, Esther, you have to come and intervene in this situation. Because I think it is time that God maybe raised you up in order for you to intervene. But Esther, at the beginning, was a little bit doubting. Just made me think, or sometimes, oh God, help us. Oh, I'm in the palace here, I'm in the, that's not my problem. As long as it's not my problem... It's not my problem. As long as the brothers in, in, in China are suffering and here we are safe, it's their problem. As long as the brothers in Turkey are suffering, it's their problem. As long as, you know, we have the message all the time, we have all the messages. If there is no, no need, if, if other people don't have the message, it's their problem. It's God's needs at that time. God help me to discern that their need is also my need. Their need is your need and help me to intervene in this time. Maybe you have been raised in this time in order to supply for that need. Mordecai answered, and I like the way he answered, said, Think not thyself, Esther 4, 13. Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement, deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. Who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Then Esther bade them return Mordecai. This answer, go and gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for me, 
neither eat nor drink three days nor night or day. I also and my maidens shall fast likewise and will go into the king, which is not according to the law. If I perish, then I perish. Then she became another thing. She took that as a responsibility. God hates people who, and I think it is in the Hebrews, when there is a problem in the church, people run from the church and come back only when the problem is solved. God maybe raise you for that time in order for the problem for you to give encouragement for someone who's low. We need one another in those times. God help us to have the discernment for the needs that we need. It's important to get in God's program, not in man's program. In other words, as Mordecai is telling Esther here, if you don't intervene now, God will raise help will come from somewhere else. The bride will have the victory in this time no matter what. But God is giving us the opportunity for us to intervene and work in that program of God in our time. If you don't walk now, God will choose someone to come and walk now. Because God is able to come and bring, to raise children out of Abraham out of these stones if you don't respond to the call of God. But God is giving us the opportunity so that we can stand and say, God, I'm here for your need. God has to find somebody that he can trust. Somebody can have confidence in. Can have confidence in God that can believe him. God always likes to work through man. It's God's program to work through man. Do you believe that? God works through man. He made man his helper on earth. He made man a lesser God than himself. I'm winding down. Not because you're in a better position in the thing. The other needs are not your needs. It's also God's need. I enjoyed the service on Sunday. God tried to stop the natural seed in order to stop God's program. He could not stop. The royal seed of Abraham could not be stopped. Unbelief cannot only stop, can only stop the unbeliever. It cannot stop God's program. It's true that sometimes Jesus cannot do too many miracles to the unbeliever, but God's program will not be stopped. Unbelief does not stop God. Unbelief only stops the unbeliever. You can't stop the sun from shining with, with unbelief. You can't stop the program of God with your unbelief. John the Baptist said, God is able of these stones to write children to Abraham. God's word has spoken. It's got to come to pass. Oh, somebody is going to hear it. Somebody is going to get the benefit of the word of God. We are all free moral agents. Come and take your choice. And I make my choice for God. I want to live for him. One time the Pharisees want to stop the disciples from praising the Lord. Lord, you don't see that they're making so much noise. They're singing for you and praising for you and every different things. Jesus Christ responded, oh, maybe I understand your complaint. They're making too much noise. And then, no, if they stop praising me, those stones will start praising me. Because God's scriptures has to be fulfilled. We just need to praise the Lord no matter what. No matter the circumstances, I worship you. You are in silence, Lord, I worship you. I don't understand anything, Lord, I worship you. Because you deserve the glory and the honor. God is fulfilling his greater, his greater program that is beyond the human program. 
The Father is seeking for those true worshippers who can worship the Father in spirit and truth. Amen. The prophet uses this example. I'm closing this. I'm closing. I'm closing. The prophet uses this example of, of that woman who came and, wa- and washed Jesus' feet. And used many, exa- many messages and that, that scripture. The, the message of pride. The unwelcomed Christ. The worst sinner in the city. Washing Jesus Christ. The Pharisees who was looking at that woman didn't see the need. He didn't discern the need. He does not need that. He does. It's okay. And as long as I'm just half there. But if you read one of the messages, you'll see the prophet coming there and come to our level. And he speaks to us. What do you do? How do you treat him in your life? And every time I read... As he's crying, most of the messages will cry. He will speak in French. Amen. Jésus, Jésus, Jésus. Jésus avec les pieux sales, with unclean feet. Showing how could you treat him that way? How could you treat But many times we treat him the same way. Oh, I just put him, I just let the last prayer, the last minute. I do all my occupation or during the day and everything. Then at the end, oh God, just you understand how tired I am. I'll catch up tomorrow. And then just sleep. But God has a need to. He's longing for fellowship. He wants you to talk to him. He wants me to talk to him. But many times we put him aside. God help me to discern your need. Maybe at that time someone is sick somewhere. God wants my prayer for him. Maybe someone needs encouragement because I'm fine. My family is fine. I'll just put it aside. But let something happen to you. Then you come and oh, pray for me. Pray for me. But why not a little bit of time for others who are also in need? Lord, help me to discern your need, Lord. Are you crying him, you little petty bodies? Shame on you that will do to Jesus, my Lord, that way. When he comes down to town, you speak evil of him, you will turn him down. In other words, he's putting Jesus Christ in people. It's the needs of the people, that the needs of Jesus Christ. But you neglect it, you put it aside. Open your eyes, he comes to visit you. He's calling for him in your prayer meeting. But he comes in and you don't want to give him any room. Oh, God, help me to discern your need. Many times we leave him with dirty feet in our relationship with our children. Don't have time. Don't have time in our marriage. We don't want to repair a marriage relationship in my family, in my church. Assuming that someone else will take care of that or just sort it out by itself. Why can't it be be me dealing with dirty things? Dirty parts of Jesus Christ to take care of his needs. Washing the dirty feet. You want to be a Christian only when everybody is saying good things about you. What about to wash the feet when others? Amen. Brother Andrew used that example of Jesus, of uh, David. Just give me a fresh Drink of water Sunday. Maybe Jesus just say, give me that fresh water Sunday. 
Amen. I just, is it okay? Just allow me, give me five more minutes and I'll be long. We're talking about God's needs, we have so many needs, but they're also God's needs. Missionary work is God's needs. It's my duty, it's your duty to see that they get the message, the gospel. God is going to hold us responsible for that. If we don't take it to the people who don't have it. Not everybody of us has to be gone. Not everybody is called to go. But you can send someone. Go. You can send something that God has given you or raised you for that time in order to help the missionary work. It's God's need. God is still crying. As in Isaiah 6, I heard a voice saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And as they are responding, send us. There is still a cry of God in Romans 10. For soever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe on him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except that they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. Just stopping by there, but there are so many needs. But God also has needs. And the greatest need that God is desiring is our heart. The sacrifice of God, a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, I will not despise. God wants our heart. He desires our heart. As that donkey God said, the Bible said, he said to the disciples, go and unloose him because I have need of him. This evening, maybe you have been broken, you have been chained somewhere, but the master has need of you. He's calling to you, I need you. Don't be serving the world, the world, I need you, I have need of you. I want to use your heart. I want to use your life. I want to use your testimony. I want to use you for his glory. Amen. The first coming, he bought the manger, he bought the boat to preach, he bought different things, even the donkey. But now he wants to use our heart. Not for a temporary time, but he wants to dwell in, to make his dwelling place. Why won't you give your heart to him? Why won't you tell him this evening, Lord, here I am, I surrender all. Musician can come and pray, Lord, I surrender all. I surrender all to you, Lord. Just want to learn your needs, Lord. Just want all to you, Lord. Use me for your glory, whatever you want to do for me. Here I am, Father. You could have taken me, but if you still live here, it means God still has a work to do for us. Amen. Why don't we give him everything that we have? The maximum of everything, like that woman, she gave everything she had. I give it to you, whatever you want, Lord. just want to give that to you. Sorry for being much, but I needed it myself. I surrender all. Help me, I surrender. All to Jesus I surrender all to Him I freely give I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily and I 
Savior. 